Hey, everybody, it's Ryan Ripley. Wanted to get a new offering in front of you as soon as possible, evidence-based leadership. And so, as you all know, Todd Miller, myself, and Will Seeley, we're big on evidence-based management. We want to apply it to the leadership space. We all know that modern managers face complex challenges every day. You're juggling a lot of needs, your direct reports, your stakeholders, your customers, they all need constant attention. What we want to do is help you manage that. We want you to use information and data to make good decisions around all of these areas so that we're delivering the right thing at the right time for the right customer. And we know that we're doing that because we're using data and evidence to validate all the things that we're doing. And not only that, we're not just looking at value, but we're looking at our capabilities as an organization. Can we deliver on time? Can we innovate effectively? Do we have too much tech debt? Do we have too many things in process? Are we unable to deliver when the market demands that we do? We look at all of these things with evidence-based management. We merge that into a leadership uh, mindset and lens, and we enable you to make new and better decisions repeatedly based off of the data that you're collecting within your organization. It's exciting stuff. We hope you can join us. Visit agileforhumans.com forward slash EBL course. Join us in one of these offerings. We think you're going to love it. Hope you can join us. Use Agile for Humans, the number four to take another 15% off of this course. And uh, we can't wait to see you there. Processes and tools dominate today's Agile discussions, but we are devoted to the individuals and interactions that make it work. From the beginner to the veteran practitioner, we have something for you. Welcome to Agile for Humans. Welcome back to Agile for Humans. I'm your host, Ryan Ripley. We are still at The Ohio State University at the Path to Agility Conference. Talking to me now, Doc Norton. Doc, how are you doing? I'm Is it doing okay well. to call you Doc? Can yeah, absolutely. Doc? All yeah, right. yeah. Most people know me as Doc. All right. So, of course, Doc Norton, one of the, the, uh, the stewards of our Agile community, one of the, the big thinkers, the great minds. You're here speaking at the conference. Mm -hmm. uh, what are you talking about this week? What are, what are you bringing to the attendees? So this, this, uh, this week, um, the talk is called Building Blocks of a Knowledge Work Culture. Um, and this talk really, it's kind of densely packed. Um, it's one that I've continued to iterate on. But um, we talk about uh, Kinevin, which is a complexity right. framework, right? Uh, kind of a decision-making framework. Um, and as you look at the complexity of work, what types of, what styles of management, what decision-making protocols, what organizational structures make sense, and basically showing that a lot of what we know about management and leadership uh, is formulated in complexity domains that don't apply to the work that we do, right. um, which actually is leading to many of the interesting behaviors we see in organizations. Um, and then we get into... Um, really what are uh, elements of an environment that you need to have for really good uh, knowledge work. So we talk about autonomy, connection, excellence, and diversity. Great. So it, it really sounds like uh, a play on Taylor versus Deming, some of those types of discussions with uh, some models and frameworks mixed in. A very, very powerful stuff. When you work with executives and management on this, what is the, the key stumbling block that you run into? Where do they struggle? Uh, what do they find painful? I think it, what's difficult really is, is just this, um, this mindset shift, right? That even, even as 
uh, as we're walked through this idea of complexity and different decision making, all of that makes sense. We can agree with all of that. Um, but then when it actually comes to uh, here's how your behaviors need to change, uh, that's difficult, right? Sure. Um, and you look at larger organizations especially, but, but any organization. And, and um, you know, many of us have, we've got a lot of years of experience being very successful in a hierarchy oriented environment and to say okay yes i agree that that actually the hierarchy is uh, detrimental to creativity and knowledge work but i have no models for how to actually make this work so it's all theory well and the problem is we still have to feed our kids yes so you show up and (laughs) your your baby's ugly your ideas are wrong and now here's what we need to do and of course it's never that brutal but i'm sure that's the feeling it is that goes through them yes and oftentimes you know there's there's a there's some fear there right just around um when you're talking to uh folks that are in management roles um you know the natural question is what happens to my job right um and that job does significantly change. In some cases, uh, those jobs end up morphing into something else, right? And as the organization matures, certain roles become obviated, including certain centralized functions. Um, really high-functioning organizations that are designed appropriately for high creativity, high knowledge work actually don't have centralized accounting, centralized HR. A lot of the centralization that's advantageous for Tayloristic type stuff is actually detrimental for creative and knowledge work. So and I think you're referring back to the systems of work that that provide outside influence to teams doing knowledge work and how Mm -hmm. those collide and and cause friction. Um, Definitely powerful stuff. Again, it seems like the organizations and perhaps um, your experiences either validate or negate this idea, but when you move away from that that central uh, system of control, right. which is what they are today, and you go towards a product centric structure, it seems to free up a lot of those issues. It does, yeah, yeah, it definitely does. Um, and you know, we're actually so uh, CTO two is is uh, my consulting organization, um, and our target client is actually kind of later stage startup companies sure. that are through the point of trying to figure out does the market actually exist and do we have market product fit but aren't yet at the point where now we're 2,000 people and we accidentally built the structure that looks just like the structure our grandfathers had right Um, and you know helping them through that kind of transition period Uh, and and my experience has been um, it's better if we can to get involved then (laughs) <laughs> rather than you've been around for 50 years and you've got strong hierarchy and strong structure and now right. let's try and dismantle that. Try to break the habit before <laughs> right. it's solid. Right, exactly. Right. Now, it's um, it's an important space. I think it's one of those we've talked with uh, Joanna Rothman and many others on the podcast recently about how the move to a product-centric mm-hmm. view, it's inevitable. Right. These companies will eat the lunch of those that don't go down this path. And so this is coming. It's real. Um What's a key step that, aside from hiring your consultancy, right. consulting firm, right, bringing in the experts, helping with, with all that, which is an important step. That's not a joke. That's uh, very critical because it, it's those outside that's, that can see the things that we can't. So right. that's, it's always a critical step. But what's something that, for the listeners out there, that they know that this is coming? What, what are the things they can look at now to try to, to at least get ready for when they need to make this shift? So I think, you know... Uh, 
One of the things that we see in a lot of organizations um, is uh, there's a lack of actual connection. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, you think of Conway's Law, right? The, the systems that we produce are a reflection of the social structures of right. the organization, right? Um, and that's entirely true. And a lot of times when we go into organizations, you see um, a lot of stratification as well as a lot of siloing. Um, you know, the, the, and the work is structured to match, you know, it flows to match that structure. Um, and just working on breaking down some of those silos and some of those barriers, just working on coming together more often and working together is a really good first step towards getting where you need to be. And that can be done without changing any reporting structures, anything right. else, right? We're going to take a quick break when we come back more with Doc Norton. Agile Dev East is the premier industry event covering the latest techniques and topics in the Agile universe. Learn both foundational knowledge and new methodologies to develop skills, supercharge knowledge, and re-energize your career growth. This year's event will take place November 13th through the 18th in Orlando, Florida. As an added bonus, the event is co-located with Better Software and DevOps East conferences. Your one registration automatically gives you access to all three programs. This means you can choose from over 100 learning and networking opportunities to build a customized week of learning that fits you and your organization's specific needs. Explore the program at adceast.techwell.com. Agile for Humans listeners use code AFH16 to receive $200 off their conference registration fees. Register by the September 16th Super Early Bird deadline for combined savings of up to $600 off at adceast.techwell.com. It's an interesting idea that just starting to work across the organization and across silos can start to show uh, the value of breaking some of those down. It's a hard shift, though, because I think many companies are structured around the idea of, you know, this is repeatable work. This is factory work. This right. is we have removed head from hand. Uh, we're just going to tell you how to do it, give you a process and go and flourish. But in reality, these companies today are, are expecting innovation. They're expecting brilliance. They're expecting art, creativity, all these things that mean hand and head have to be together again. Right. And we're, we're not prepared for this, especially from a management perspective. And it's just, you know, Kinefin has come along and, and has helped us out. Is there anything else out there from a, a model or, or a mindset stance that you think uh, people should be looking at that they should really investigate and invest in? From a model perspective? Of course, Agile. But, uh. Right, right. Yeah, and actually, like, there's, there's, there's plenty of stuff in design thinking right. um, that, you know, I'd really like to see some of that work move its way into the, the Agile space um, and just into organizations in general, right? It doesn't have to be under the, the Agile moniker by any means. Um, I like the fact that, uh, you know, systems thinking, lean, those types of things have really been embraced by, you know, the Agile community as well. I think as we're, you know, there are, we're uh, slowly adding to our uh, understanding of organizations and how right. things work, right? Um, I don't know if I have any that actually like stand out in my mind as like, yes, you should definitely look at this. Well, I think just acknowledging that uh, this is a newer space, uh, these are, are very difficult topics, yeah. right? How do, we, 
how do we take all of these different systems of work? How do we take all of these different individuals with their own uh, motivations, put them on teams, put them within these systems, and then evaluate that and figure out the best way? Right. Right. And that's always a, a, a difficult discussion. And I think it's one that, you know, while some people wish you could take a model and drop it on an org, this is a number of years yep. to get to where, you know, it reminds me of, um, and you'll have to tell me if this is related or not, it's, I think it's a, Diana Larson's uh, Agile Fluency model, mm-hmm. where she starts with, let's just deliver code and let's, um, let's deliver value, let's optimize value and then optimize organizations. I think I got that right. Um, and it's just one of those, which step are you ready to take? Right, right. And so getting people along that pipe or down that path um, seems to be the most critical challenge of this space. Yep. Yeah, and Diana's with that, with that model. Diana's done a good job of of really abstracting away any specifics and basically saying like, look, this is a pattern that I've seen over and over and over again, um, but it's a very loosely defined pattern, right? Right. Um, you know, we're going to focus on delivering code, but this, but there are there's no prescription for the specific mechanics of that. Right. right. So she um, she created the flow. What I like about it though is that it does inherently give you almost investment options. Mm-hmm. So as a company. There are some out there that would say, well, you want to get all the way to an optimized agile organization. Well, there are 100-year-old companies that if they would get to step two, would be a pretty humane place to work. Right. And so I, what I like is that she does stop it and say, well, maybe step two is right here, and this is the kind of investment that you have to make. Step three could be beneficial, but two gets you where you want to be. And yes. I think that kind of pragmatism mixed into um, Kinefin, some of these models, Dan Pink, and then your extension of those, I think of that work where you actually say, well, wait a minute, you know, the individual is important, but we're a team-based kind of mindset here. So let's bring in some of these other practices. I think all that comes together almost serendipitously and and helps us do some really, truly innovative things. So it's a really neat space that you're in and really appreciate you sharing that with us. Oh yeah, my pleasure. So as far as anything else that you you have going on, is there anything you want to get in front of the listeners, anything that they should know about or or how can they continue the conversation with you? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I personally am available. Um, I'm, I'm doc on dev. Right. Uh, and, I, and it really is like all the things whack doc on dev, um, okay. whether it's, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever. Right. Um, and then my organization is CTO2. Uh, and our, we're actually we are CTO2.com. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, I, I blog uh, on both doc on dev dot com as well as we are CTO2.com. Um, uh, topics are slightly different, but they're along the same lines. Stock on Dev is a little more focused on the actual development stuff, and CTO2 is a little more focused on the organizational. So in the dev space, that's interesting. What are organizations doing in conjunction with this mindset shift on the, on the technical side that you're seeing that, that's playing together in that space? Well, it's, 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 an, it's an interesting uh, opportunity to actually reintroduce things we've known for a long time, but in okay. a slightly different context, right? Um, old but old but old, unknown old, uh, right, is as exactly. good as new. Right? Yes, good. exactly. Um, so it's interesting as we're talking about uh, some of these ideas, and uh, you know, really a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about in terms of of way t- ways teams need to work, um, we've 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 already known this. Sure. Right. Um, but as we start introducing the idea of you know, breaking down these silos, right? That's one of the things we talked about is a lack of connection in a lot of organizations and getting people to start to work across those boundaries. Right. Um, and we start reintroducing the idea of, you know, even like a three amigos practice or right stuff that, yep. that previously was just not possible in that organization now becomes possible, right? From an actual tech practices standpoint, I haven't seen a lot of things that are 
really uniquely new that are happening. Um, even even the idea of um, uh, domain modeling and that sure. right, is kind of I'm, we're seeing that come back up again now okay. as companies are having discussions around. All right, so if we should reorg to get rid of these boundaries, there have to be boundaries somewhere. What should that look like? So. No, it's great stuff. I, um, it's always interesting to see the the tech and the theory and the organizational stuff come back together. Yep. Because at the the heart of what we're doing, it, it is a development play. Yeah. And trying to get back to to those two melding back together, it's it's great to see that you're doing that, and uh, I think that helps organizations feel more comfortable with some of the mindset shifts that we're doing. It's like, wait a minute, you know, this is all touchy feely stuff, but we're seeing real productivity over yes. here, and we're seeing better outcomes, not output, better outcomes. Better outcomes. And yep. we're getting some real business value delivered. And so the marriage of those two seems to be incredibly effective. So Doc, I appreciate sharing this with us. Absolutely. It's been great getting to talk to you. I know you're very busy as one of the featured speakers, so we'll let you get back to your conference activities. And uh, but really appreciative that you uh, cut some time out to join us. No, my pleasure. Thank you. All right. Take All care, right. Doc. Take care. I really enjoy these shorter conversations, especially with people like Doc. You get to sit down, have a one-on-one, and really talk about the things that are important to you. And it's why I really enjoy uh, Agile Dev East. It's a great conference where you get to sit down, talk to people uh, one-on-one. I think the last time I was out, I went to Agile uh, Dev West, had a great time talking to people like Bob Galen over lunch. Just you ask your questions, you you form friendships, you get this one-on-one interaction and it just it, it's a great experience. You get access to the people who have literally written the book about Agile uh, or the many books about Agile. And it's just a chance to, to really plug into the community and meet people. I really enjoy it. I will be out uh, in November, November 13th through the 18th in Orlando, Florida for Agile Dev East. I'm presenting a half-day workshop on uh, what to do after the two-day Scrum course. And I'm also presenting the business of Agile, Better, Faster, Cheaper, you know, this talk went over very well at Agile 2016. I think a lot of people are going to enjoy it out at Agile Dev East as well. So I hope to see as many of you out there as possible November 13th through the 18th in Orlando, Florida for Agile Dev East. Use the code AFH16 to save $200 off your entry. And I hope to see all of you out there. And I'm looking forward to our one-on-one conversations and our opportunities to, to connect and to uh, plug into our community. Thanks for listening to Agile for Humans. Let's keep the conversation going. Drop us a question on Twitter at Agile for Humans or visit agileforhumans.com. Hey, it's Ryan. If you're enjoying this show and want to take a deeper dive into Scrum with me and Todd, check out agileforhumans.com forward slash training. Be sure to also look at the show notes to subscribe to our newsletter, get a copy of our book, Fixing Your Scrum, and learn more about working with us at Agile for Humans. Thanks for listening and scrum on.